This is Monday Matinee on the Mutual Audio Network. Come on, let's all go to the lobby. Because people are staring at us listening to these shows while we're in the theater. The following audio drama is rated PG for parental guidance. Darkness. The startled intake of breath at the sound of chains and metal. Suddenly, a crusty British man, Scrooge, 50s, 60s, calls out. How dare you disturb me at my work? Who is there in the darkness? A candle is lit, revealing old nervous hands, stacks of ledgers, cash boxes, and coins. The rumble of chains and a door closes with a creak, revealing the names Scrooge and Marley. Chains dragging get louder in a deep, resonant Englishman's voice. Jacob Marley bellows. Scrooge, it is I, Jacob Marley, come to visit thee on this Christmas Eve. Scrooge is puzzling at the mysterious figure of Jacob Marley, a ghost covered in chains and money bags. I hope you shan't expect to be paid for this. For what? Haunting you? No! I'm not expecting to get paid to appear before you as a doomed ghost, you miserable little man. I'm dead, Scrooge. You were at my funeral. In life, I was your business partner, Jacob Marley. Thou shalt be haunted by three ghosts this... What are you getting paid to do this haunting business, Marley? What? How lucrative can this vocation of the damned really be? I realise you can't take it with you, but can you sort of make a little more once you're there? I'm haunting you out of the goodness of my own heart. Oh, couldn't you do this during normal business hours? Of course I can't do it during normal business hours, you toddy old ratbag! No! You're quite good, I'll give you that, if one appreciates this sort of thing, which I don't. Do you expect some sort of back pay at this juncture? Give me back pay for time spent dead? Not a chance. If you expect a fee or holiday pay for appearing to me with a message on Christmas Eve after missing work these seven years, just because you're dead, then I will say good night to you, sir. So, my fee is more of a concern to you than me standing here warning you as a bloody ghost doomed to walk the earth in chains covered in cash boxes, ledgers, deeds and heavy purses wrought in steel? Ah, so there was a fee. No! There's no fee! Look, it's simple. I am taking my own time from purgatory to haunt you. Look, I've come to tell you, Scrooge, that three ghosts shall appear to you and show you thine own past, present, and future. Those chains, are they an entirely necessary expense? I can't even see them in the dark. Look, I'm about one second from making you a ghost, Scrooge. All right? The symbolism! You covetous, tight-fisted miser, now! How would, look, how would a ghost even spend or want money? All right? I exist on an ethereal plane. I'm a phantasm, an enormous sprite! An apparition! Well, that's all well and good. No, it's not all well and good. I'm dead. 
Molly has had enough and begins whirling in a circle with the chains, whipping various cash boxes, keys, and heavy purses at Scrooge. Molly lunges at Scrooge, who leaps away in terror into the dark as his candle is extinguished. Is that the end, right? What's this? The rest. Rest of what? The story. The Christmas Carol. Begin at the beginning. Read it. Read it out loud. Ah, uh, so the Molly thing happened later in the story then? Yes, at Scrooge's home on Christmas Eve night. It was a, a grabber, a cold opening. The Mindstream Players present The Haunting of Ebenezer Scrooge or The Festivus Incident. A very Dickensian character. Bartholomew Troutingstone, a blustery cockney man with an impressive moustache, shouts from his horse-drawn carriage to Scrooge's nephew, Fred, on the streets of London. I want to pay a visit to my Uncle Scrooge and invite him to my annual Christmas party. Are you talking to me, Squire? What? No, I was just sort of saying it. Oh, I see, sir. To, uh, to no one in particular. Well, yes, to... No one in particular. It is radio. It's to someone, I suppose. It's to me, of course. Bartholomew Troutingstone, at your service, Squire. Have a look, all. Half a penny for a Christmas Eve paper. The naughty tickler strikes the West End. Right, well, there are some fascinating, sensational crimes and mysteries in London. Let's have a Christmas Eve paper. Sure thing, Governor. Noddy Tickler strikes again with a Jack the Ripper-style drawing of a figure with a large feather in place of a dagger menacing a woman. It's Christmas Eve, traffic is a mess, everyone is in a rush to buy things, they wasted all this time and money on decorations, when the city is grimy and smelly, it's a nightmare! You're just sort of, uh, putting that bit of information out there to no one in particular as well? Yes, more thinking out loud. Oh, I see. I do that. Think out loud. Oh, yes, thank you. There. I'm doing it right now, see? I'm thinking out loud. I want to fit my head into that rusty orifice there. I was thinking out loud again, to no one in particular. Can you take me on a carriage ride to Scrooge's counting house business now? Oh, I don't think so. Of course you can. That's why you're in this. You've got a bloody horse and carriage. Take Fred, nephew, to the miserly old Ebenezer Scrooge's place of business. Now? No. Do it in a few days. Oh, all right then. Yes! Do it now! It's Christmas Eve! There's only one creditor who'd be open on Christmas Eve, old Scrooge. Why did you just say that? I was thinking about it. Out loud. And because I wanted that line all to myself. You were quintessentially daft! Scrooge is not my first choice for anything, but if you need it for a hefty fee, Scrooge will do it. Do what? Count your money. Talk to you. Various, uh, favours. I don't wish to know this. Just take me to his business. It's right there. Scrooge's mean-spirited counting house, just uh, behind you. That'll be three pence. Fine. Here we come, a-wassering among the misery. Here we are, my love, so fair to Fred, what do you want? Hello, Uncle Scrooge. Will you come to my annual Christmas party? No. Righto. Love and joy come to you. 
Bah, humbug. Yes, yes, boss. Tell Cratchit he can't leave tonight until he finishes all the ledgers. Why can't Humbug leave until Cratchit finishes the ledgers? Yeah, was that? No, no, Cratchit can't leave. Ever? Seems a bit harsh even for you. You see, Mr. Cratchit's right there. So I think Bar rightly assumes that you must be referring to me. Bar, Humbug, just stay and finish working. I'm going home now. I could finish if my hand wasn't uh, trembling from the cold in here, sir. It's Christmas Eve, Mr. Scrooge. Can't it wait? Oh, I see. You're cold. <laughs> yes, Mr. Scrooge. Rather. You're not counting my money fast enough. If you were counting and writing faster, you'd be warm. But instead, you expect me to spend money on ridiculous things like heating coals, fresh loo paper, and an arrangement under which an insurance carrier or independent organisation will, for a fee, handle the administration of your health claims, benefits, and other administrative functions as a full-time employee here. Is that what you want, Cratchit? Uh, well, uh, truthfully... Um, Shut up! It, 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 you will bloody well sit there and finish counting my money! Then you can go do your silly little Christmas Eve thingy. Uh, Mr Scrooge, I will finish counting your money, and I was just saying that perhaps... If, if you treated your employees as assets instead of liabilities, then maybe the whole system would work better. Cratchit, don't be an imbecile. Far be it from me to expose the unfair system of government that essentially restricts the underclass, such as you are, to a life in a workhouse or debtor's prison. Effing socialist. I don't know anything about that. Now work! Bah! Humbug! Yes? yes. Get me my hat. <laughs> no, the other one. nonsense about ghosts that Marley was talking about earlier in the cold open must have simply been a dream. Knock it off! Some of us are trying to sleep! It's night time! Be silent! Shut it! Shut up! A song about how quiet it is. Ridiculous. Bah humbug. Sir? Sir? Get out of my room, both of you. I'm going to sleep now. What creepiness lurks out there in the dark of my room? Uh, so sorry, sorry, sir. We will uh, stop we it. Knock, knock that over there, sir. A bunch of nonsense from Marley's ghost. There's no such thing as ghosts. Old Scrooge wakes and looks around the room. The darkness surrounding his bed is broken up by a large, glowing apparition. Who's there? Me. No. Oh, sorry. Who are you? The narrator. Not you, him. A glowing, strange, childlike figure emanating an aura of wisdom and a richness of experience appears. That was my line. It's my line now, so it will be deducted from your pay. Scrooge peered his craggy, twisted, stupid little beady-eyed face around his bedroom. That was a free line. I added that one. 
It is I, the ghost of Christmas past. Past what? The past. Uh, your past. I will show you uh, who you once were, singing a Christmas carol with your family. God, not more caroling again. Come with me, Scrooge. Come back to a time of your own past poverty and parental neglect. Why are you waving your hands around in a circle at me like that? I'm conjuring, taking you back to the past. Oh, I see. I thought there was something wrong with you. Return with me to the time when your young nephew was orphaned. Looks like some kind of palsy. Oh, you really are irredeemably rude, aren't you? Behold! Can they see us floating up here, watching them? It is the past, you see, Scrooge. The countryside where you grew up in. Your young childhood friends. They cannot see you hovering here. Good, because I didn't put on pants. The young boy cries alone, passing Christmas all alone. You, Ebenezer! Bells, bells, this is a depressing tour. Tell me there isn't a timeshare I have to buy at the end of this presentation. You grow older! There's a surprise, I grew older. Magical revelation. Cheers. Now get me home! Oh, look, I don't have to do this, you know. You grow older! At last, a little girl. <gasps> My sister Fan. Short for Fanny. Don't. Don't. What? I never would. Uh, 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 now, uh, your sister Fan runs into the room and says, I've come to take you home, Ebenezer. Father is much kinder, she says. He has given his consent for your return. The young Scrooge, you look delighted to see your sister, who died long ago. She was the mother of your nephew, Fred. Ebenezer embraces Fan joyfully, revealing... What? You don't have pants either. What are you doing here? Revealing festive Christmas balls. Fezziwig! No, I keep them natural. No, that's merry and generous old Fezziwig. See how he celebrates with you while you were his young clerk? Fezziwig's jubilant Christmas Eve balls. Indeed. Where you found the love of Belle. Bella Lugosi? No, the young beautiful woman there, Belle. <laughs> Next to Bella Lugosi in the sitting room. You could have had children with her and a home filled with love. And Bella Lugosi. And Bella Lugosi. Obviously. I could have increased my family. But there, there I am working all day and night while Bella Lugosi makes sweet love to my bell. Is this thing even working? I'm, I'm not even seeing the same thing as you. I suppose this is where we get the saying, how many Bella Lugosi's before Christmas comes? You really are mental. Hopeless. You think I am? Have I made a mistake? Certainly with the whole Bella Lugosi thing, yes, Scrooge. Look what you were! What you had! Oh, oh, oh. Is it morning? Mumbles to self. What time is it? Oh, it's only midnight. Oh, felt like a lifetime. Scrooge! Spoons! Who are you? I am the spirit of Christmas present. Is that why you're a hovering wrapped package? 
You can see the package. The whole thing dangling right in front of me. I am the spirit of Christmas present. The spirit of a Christmas present? Isn't that a gift card? A what? A gift card. Isn't that the sort of spirit of a Christmas present without any actual thought? bit like you. I'm about two minutes away from giving you a bit of argy-bargy and ghosting you! That's not living in the present. Right! That's it! Ow! Stop it! Spirit of Christmas present? What do you want? I want to show you both ignorance and want. I've already got born humbug. I can barely tolerate their remedial idiocies. And to show you all the festivities and celebrations going on now, all around you, and the Christmas party that Fred invited you to, yet you again ignored, and of the family of Bob Cratchit, who is celebrating modestly with his own Tiny Tim. Is that another package joke? Tiny Tim? Oh, I'll show you, Tiny Tim. God bless us, everyone! Some more than others, I see. Now you're doing it. No more package jokes! Now I can see your air quotes. I say I shall not tolerate any more of the spirit of Christmas present. Get out of my home. Get out of my life. Scrooge? Yes? Scrooge? Yes. Scrooge! Yes, yes, can we not be stuck in the present quite this much? Scrooge? I regret the present time, I really do. Yes? I want you to know something now. All right. You are a miserable, bitter, money-grubbing, tight-assed old shell of a man who has wasted his cheese-paring bureaucratic life in the pursuit of greed, avarice, and cruelty, ignorant of the most basic of human decency and the welfare of others. And? And what? And what are you getting at? Joy to the world, the Lord is come, let earth receive. Knock it off! The welfare of others, death. I do care about welfare, a lot. Oh, you care about the welfare of others? Yes. I voted to eliminate welfare. I'm bloody well passionate about it. Right! Just watch this. When a woman reaches the age of 21, something queer happens. Changes in her... Sorry, wrong film. No, 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 that's fine. I'm watching. Ah, righto. It's this one. This is what's happening on Christmas right now, Scrooge. How is this even possible? Christmas or feast day, families and friends from all classes of life, from the poor to real people, celebrate happily within their own economic strata. Turkey, that's right, turkey, heartily consumed here in England since the 16th century. Look at this delicious turkey and lardy cakes being served at the home of Fred and his family. Watch out, Tiny Tim, that turkey is bigger than you are and with better legs. A delicious repast, without the surly cynicism or avarice that so many enjoy the other days of the year. And that means you, Scrooge. Well, that seems like fuck weight. How does that infernal machine know it's me? Many people give this new thing called Christmas cards to each other. Cards like this one, with Christmas images such as sinister clowns poking policemen with red pokers. 
giant killer wasps chasing children and gambling monkeys. Oh, here comes some figgy pudding. Oh, I could practically smell it. Oh, wait, that's me. In this season with parlor games, glass pickles and gifts. Could be fun. Goose and happy children stockings hung by the ends of their bed will awaken to Christmas morning. London is a bustling city with blissful passers-by who take pleasure in the wondrous sights and rebounding through the shop windows. People merrily shovel snow, tote bags of presents and greet one another with a Merry Christmas. Well, it is nice, the spirit of Christmas, where even Cratchit and his family seem more than content despite their skimpy Christmas feast. It's been a while since I've read any fiction stories like that. Will Tiny Tim be all right? Doubtful. Thought so. Good thing he had more than one child. He was a spunky lad. Had his good points. Hey, (laughs) sweet. He'd be a drain on the wallet anyway if his problems continued. You are a greedy blight on the spirit of Christmas, Scrooge. Everything that's wrong with amoral capitalism. And? Ah, bollocks. (sighs) Seems I'm not appreciated by any constituent element of the Christmas schema. Oh, Belle was beautiful. All those Christmas parties and dinners... They're probably up most of the night. (sighs) It's almost three in the morning. Ah, humbug! Should find out what they are doing. Oh, we are! Not that quickly. And shut the bleeding door! Humbled and horrified by what he had seen and heard, this dreadful night Scrooge knew that he could not rest until he was visited by yet another apparition. The ghost of Christmas yet to come, as Marley had predicted. (laughs) He could not sleep. His only option was to wait. Right there, fauna line. (laughs) That makes six games straight. Oh, somehow you're cheating. I can never get more than three in a row. If the game was Connect 3, I would have beat you every time. Suddenly, the clock struck three. Now I've done it. What eerie spectre awaits my fate? I could only imagine what was coming for me from the darkness. A ghost, a ghoul, a spectre with death-like visage. I can't stand it. Do you hear me, you goblin? Make yourself known to me! Let it me get this over with! What, is this some sort of joke? What kind of skint flip production have I ironically found myself in? The ghost of Christmas yet to come is... is... a mime? What are you doing? I can't see your face under the long black cloak. Cloak is moving, but nah, nothing. Sorry, what? Sorry, maybe if you wore white gloves. Raises my arms dramatically. Creepy. (gasps) 
turns dramatically and beckons Scrooge, who rises from his bed and kneels before the phantasm. No, I'm not. I'm not kneeling. <gasps> Damn. <sighs> Points bony finger at the lone tombstone of Ebenezer Scrooge in the final isolation of his own friendless death chamber and solitary grave. Steady on there. Um, um, whose open grave is that? Are you death? <sighs> the ghost of Christmas yet to be shakes their head no and continues to point meaningfully at the untended grave indicating the Christmas spirit begins at home as it were and it must begin with oneself and radiate outwards. Good Lord, this is terrible. Terrible, what have I done? <sighs> The phantasm is filled with the satisfaction of knowing that Scrooge is becoming aware of the meaning of all this revealed in Christmas past, present, and future. No, I did it again. I didn't put pants on again, and it's freezing in this symmetry. The ghost is visibly relieved that it won't be necessary to show him the dinner table of a poor family where a husband and wife express relief at the death of an unforgiving man to whom they owed money. And the Cratchit household where the family struggles to cope with the death of Tiny Tim. What? What? Tiny Tim? And whose grave is this? Mine? alive in my own bed in the morning light by my fireplace with morning wood I'm so excited on Christmas Ooh. Scrooge throws open the window shutters and sees a small boy in the street this time remembering to put on his pants you there young boy you there what what, what day is it young lad why it's Christmas day oh good Oh, good, it's not too late. You there, boy. I need you to do me a favour. It isn't all strange to you that in every iteration of this story, there is a young boy of approximately my age just wandering the streets outside your house alone on Christmas morning. Well, I, uh... I, uh, I've never really thought about that. Did it ever once occur to you that perhaps you should be asking what my situation is? Possibly what you could do for me. A young boy, such as myself, alone, such as I am, on a cold, snowy Christmas morning, a day such as this, that doesn't cause any alarms to go off in your head? Why is he out here? Where is his family? Well, I, I, I just didn't think about it. Of course you didn't. That's the problem with the entire system. Nobody ever thinks about young boys. I think about young boys all the time. Well, this just took an unexpected awkward turn now, didn't it? Have to see I didn't see that one coming. <laughs> well, uh... Oh, shush. That joke was too easy. Listen here, do you know the butcher shop around the corner? Of course I do. Do they still have that prize-winning hen up in the window? 
Oh, I'm sure that in light of a lack of proper refrigeration and modern food handling protocol, they wouldn't have offered to sell it at a discount just to get rid of it and would have instead opted to leave it hanging there in the hopes that someone would come along and buy it at full price for what I can only presume would be a December 27th celebration of some kind. Uh, good. Uh, run along and buy it and bring it back to me at once so that I can take it over to the Cratchits for a proper Christmas evening feast. Here, take a few pounds. And isn't it peculiar to you and a slot you said in every single version of this here story, the local butcher just happens to be open for business at 9am on Christmas morning, just because after many a miserly year, you finally want to do something philanthropic. What? Shall I run over to the baker and pick up a nice tort or perhaps a delicious Christmas pudding? Oh, sure. Here's a gold coin, boy. Oh, I know. And then I can run over to the pub and pick up a few growlers of that famous spiced mead. Yes, yes, you've got it. Another golden coin for you, boy. And then, why don't I head over to the local eatery and grab a heaping plate of bread stuffing and the largest platter of mashed potatoes? Oh, my boy, how splendid! A third doubloon from my treasured coffers for your efforts. None of those places are open! It's Christmas Day! Oh, well, can I have my money back then? Well, this isn't just a fawn. And that is what's wrong with society today. If you need something done, you need to just do it yourself. It's not enough to ask one person to do a simple task. All this meaty imagery evoking surplus and fat functioning in stark contrast to the shriveled cannibalistic poor denied protein. No! In order to get results, you must take the reins and force your will upon others. Or you might as well just do it yourself. This country is rapidly becoming a place where men of business, such as myself, are going to have to be forced to fend for themselves. Well, let me tell you, buddy, Ebenezer Vivian Scrooge is not afraid to roll up his sleeves and let's see... Oh, a rock. Ah, a rock. There's one. Crap! They have an alarm! No bother. There we are! The prize turkey! <laughs> you there! Stop! Stop! Damn it's the fuzz! Run! <laughs> Open up! Open up! Open up! Open up! Mr. Scrooge, what a pleasant surprise. Out of my way and close the door! Who is it, dear? Here, take this and hide it. You, there, Gimpy, hide me behind the sofa. My name is Tiny Tim. Whatever, cover me in pillows. If it's the Popo, I'm not here. Excuse me there. Did you see a miserly old man running here with a stolen fowl? Say no. Um, no. Uh, sorry, no such old man. No. Uh, honey, do, does any of the fowl in, the, in, in there look stolen? No, none of the fowl in here looks stolen. 
Oh, very well then. Sorry for the disruption. Merry Christmas to you. And a very Merry Christmas to you, sir. Say good day. Uh, good day. This place is depressing. Let's all go to my nephew Fred's Christmas Day party. Merry Christmas. Well, um, those moves of yours are remarkable, Scrooge. Do you give primitive dance lessons? Why, I should. Free to everyone in London. Let's go to my nephew's party before they eat all the turkey. Tony Tim, shake a leg, let's go. On the first day of Christmas, my true love gave to me. Cratchit? Yes, Mr. Scrooge? You were 18 minutes late to work the other day. I, I know, Mr. Scrooge, and I, I do apologise. It's just that my family doctor needed some information. You want to apologise? Do you see what I see? Yes, I saw what you saw. <laughs> yes, yes, I'm terribly sorry. Please. Cratchit, I want to give you a raise and then I want to make some changes. Why, Scrooge? Why? You want to know why? Uh, please stop waving that gun around. Yes, Mr. Scrooge. Why would you want to help me and my family? I'll do it. Oh, I'll do it because I'm full of the Christmas spirit. You're drunk? Yes! But that's not why. I want to give you a raise. I want to make some changes that will leave all of London puzzling about me. You will. Don't you think I will promise to stay true to my word? If you say so, Mr. Scrooge, anything, just, just don't... Bob! Bob! I was just dancing and firing my gun to make a point. No, no, it's okay, I'm, I'm fine, it just grazed me. Oh, good, because... Well, I was merely laughing at your suspicions and doubts about me. Didn't you think I was serious, Bob? Oh, bah humbug! Hi, boss. Yes, Scrooge. I'll never have to say bar humbug again! Merry Christmas! Extra, extra, read all about it. Scrooge goes on a rampage through London. <laughs> the newsboy's body falls to the cold pavement as very... God bless us, everyone! <laughs> that was The Haunting of Ebenezer Scrooge, or... The Festivus Incident, starring David Beeler, Michael Neal, Jude Gerard Prest, Bob Clendenin, Jim Blanchett, Lisa Wyatt, and Curtis Bedford. I am your own Tom Conkle. Thank you, and Merry Christmas! Oh, hell no! You've been very naughty! Eat coal! <laughs> Merry Christmas to all! And to all, a good night! Hi there, are you a fan of all things horror? Yeah, you are? Well in that case, find Tuesday Terrors, which is the mutual audio feed that comes out on a Tuesday, believe it or not. Shock horror, I know. But if you subscribe there, 
you'll find amazing horror fiction audio in your player every Tuesday. Yeah. Tuesday Terrors. Subscribe to the Mutual Audio Network. The Mutual Audio Network. Listening and imagining together.